Hey, everybody out there in podcast world, welcome to another exciting, enthralling, informative episode of FNO. That was your FNO InsureTech. FNO InsureTech. And that is my capable <laughs> and brilliant co host. Capable? That was the. That was the word you use. Capable. It's capable. Like you could say that's my. That's, that's a good my word. Co-host, he's here. <laughs> yeah, until I can get what him is replaced. He capable of? That's speaking uh, into a microphone. That's pretty much until his replacement shows up. <sighs> Lee, I would, I would never, ever show you the podcast door. Yeah. You're you're welcome to be on the podcast as long as it exists. Well, thank you, Rob. That's that's kind. You're you're capable as well. Well, I don't think that's a bad okay. thing, don't you? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, I mean, it kind of hit me a little bit. It, it kind of hit me to the core, but you know, it, it's not. Did it hit you? It hit you in the yeah, wrong I'm way. The, you know, my my super I, smart. Think if somebody walked up. What if somebody walked up to you on the street and said, "Hey, Lee, you know what? You're." capable yeah that'd be the weirdest thing in the world <laughs> you're capable <laughs> capable of what standing Ooh. um i think it's a general phrase isn't no, it i do not think that's the case oh uh, you th you think it has to be accompanied by more yeah information? i think i think the intro to like i'm i'm with my my co-host lee he's a he's a super smart guy right that's that's a rob word super smart he's uh you know, he, he's done his homework. Uh, he's also capable. Hmm? Capable. Well, thanks, Rob. If you're listening to, if you're being burdened by having to listen to this conversation, then um, we apologize. This is really not why we're here today. But we do have a guest today. Transition. <laughs> we do have a guest today. A great guest. Who is, who is capable of educating us on a lot of things to do with innovation, insure tech, and just where the heck this whole world is going. What do you think about that? I'm excited to hear her today. I think that she is yeah. a extremely smart lady, uh, been in the industry a very long time, and has just a wealth of knowledge to to share with us and our, and our podcast audience. We have Karen Frittato from Strategy Meets Action, on the podcast today, Karen is a leader in our industry, a thought leader, somebody who has who's greatly respected and called upon as a as a speaker, uh, as a lecturer, as uh, somebody who speaks to the board to the boards of of carriers as well as any of the various enterprises inside the insurance ecosystem today. And so, for us to have somebody of her. Um, uh, background and ability and capability 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 mm -hmm. is uh, is terrific and we're thrilled to share it all with you and i think you'll all like this podcast and where it goes um so without further ado lee i'm drumming a little louder here's our episode with karen furtado a partner at Strategy Meets Action. Hey, everybody. We have a 
special guest on today, and I often say we have a special guest, but today I really, really mean it. That is Karen Furtado, a partner at Strategy Meets Action. And I say that because she is an authority on many things in SureTech, and we are privileged and honored to have her with us today. Thanks for joining us, Karen. Uh, Rob, pleased to be here. Great. Where where are you joining us from today? I am joining you from the nice warm area of southern New Hampshire, which clearly is not warm <laughs> right now. <laughs> I was about to say pretty chilly up there. <laughs> A little chilly, but that's yeah. how it should be. Yeah, do you have do you have snow on the ground and everything? We do. As a matter of fact, last week we were uh, gifted with a storm that should have given us about a foot, and I came home on Thursday to two feet of snow. So it's gorgeous. Wow. We're all ready for Christmas. We have our little winter blanket on. Cool. Wonderful. Cool. So did I get that right that you are a partner at Strategy Meets Action? Yes. Why don't you give us a, a minute on what Strategy Meets Action is? So Strategy Meets Action is what we phrase is a strategic advisory firm. Uh, we have been in the uh, insurance industry, focused on the insurance industry for the past 11 years. And we, we really started the company with a charter and mindset to help insurers through this transformation journey um, that they're all embarking on. I, I would say, you know, obviously five, six, seven years ago, um, it was more about how to start thinking differently, how to start innovating, et cetera. Uh, but uh, clearly the world has continued to change, and that, but our charter is still there. And our mission is really an enabler um, to the entire ecosystem of uh, insurance. So not just carriers. Not just carriers. It, I do a lot of work with uh, the vendor market, uh, focused on helping them uh, focus their solutions um, to the the right purposes that will enable insurers for the transformation. So, how do they provide the products and services that are enabling uh, the change uh, rather than hindering the change? That's very cool. What a cool job! It is. Cool. I love the do you job. Have any openings? <laughs> Do I have any openings? So, so, so tell us um, how one becomes qualified to have a job like that. Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I have come at this job um, from having a number of years, uh, over 30 years, um, in the insurance industry. I previously have worked... Um, as one of the suppliers of vendors in the market, um, providing software and outsourcing services to the insurance industry for years. Um, and so I had worked uh, with other analysts and strategic advisors per se, as we were rolling out our products and services. And fundamentally, I worked with obviously a number of clients. Mm -hmm. And in my work with the clients, I could see how they could approach solving challenges in a different way. But as a vendor, I mean, you're really just there to do uh, what they're bringing you in to do. I go, oh, there, there is a better ways to buy technology. Um, I think you're looking actually for the wrong technology. <laughs> I think you really should be looking for this. Um, and so using all of that experience, um, actually, my the partner I work with, the co the founder of SMA, Deb Smallwood, 
had similar vision and her background was really deep in the insurance industry. Um, having worked at uh, Liberty Mutual, Chief Transformation Officer at um, ICW. I mean, she had this great background. So together, and then having Mark uh, Braden join us, we've been able to really parlay our experiences in the insurance industry to collaboratively think about how this transformation journey is going to play out. And so I find that both our insurance company expertise, our vendor expertise, our worldwide view of how this is transforming, all of that has given us the backgrounds to really use the lenses we have to understand what the implications are of the change that's underway. Wow, that is amazing. Really using a lot of past experience and work life and, and putting it to great use. I, I would like to build a little bit of a baseline. It looks like you've been there for um, about 11 mm-hmm. years. And I'm, I'm curious if you could kind of take us back to what were some of the problems you were trying to solve or implement 11 years ago? Because like right now we have AI, for example, that might not have existed on a grand you know, scale 11 years ago. What were some of the problems that you were trying to deal with or some of the uh, innovations you were trying to work with? Oh, that, that's a fabulous question. It, it, it does throw you back. I mean, if we, uh, we look at the paradigm change of even a 10-year period of time, like what were we consumed with at that time? What did we just think were going to be the game changers? And where did the world end up? And I, re- I remember a few years ago doing this one um, uh, talk track um, that we spoke about. And if I went back 10 years ago, if I went back 11 years ago, I will tell you, we were talking about the changes that insurance companies were going to need to be able to go through for mobility. 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 Why that? Because 11 years ago, right, right, the silly iPhones were coming out. Well, right. most of us still had Blackberries then. iPads out, we were still trying to figure out how do websites look <laughs> Right. Better on a on a iPad. <laughs> we weren't developing apps per se, and we weren't having responsive type of um, of front end experiences. We didn't see it as necessarily the tool that it's turned out to be. I mean, really, it was mobility. It was talking about um, a cloud and what in the world cloud is, and why you might want to think that this is a good thing for you. Um, uh, we we were talking about the use of data, but I will say it was much more fundamental. It was about you need to understand what's going on in the business. And so you need uh, more operational metrics. You need more business intelligence. So you need to really step up your game and just getting insights on what's happening with the business. And it just sounds all so matter of fact, and like a staple to what we just assume is in the process. And and the last big one I, I'd say we were talking about was social media. Like right. you need to be aware of social media. It is a tool. How do you use it? I mean, I, 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 it's going to be big. I reflect back <laughs> on it now. I go, oh my God, <laughs> this is what we were talking about. <laughs> right, right. It, but I, I mean, I remember when my kids um, told me about Facebook. And, mm-hmm. you know, that you had to have an EDU address right. or something like that. 
to in order to get it once upon a time. And mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's all changed very quickly. And speaking of quick change, I want to level set on a term, and that is transformation. Transformation gets kicked around a ton in our industry at this time. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us what transformation when when you talk about transformation in 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 the space of insurance property and casualty what what do you mean define that for us yeah so when when i use the term what i'm seeing is a re-envisioning of how we're delivering services so what are our process what do we want that customer experience to be what do we want the internal user experience to be and how do we use a new lens to look at the business of insurance rather than steeped in our 40, 50 year history of how we deliver services to a customer, we step back and we start to re-envision what that experience is. And then we say, what are the tools? What are the technologies? What are the people needed to serve that business? And when you really step out of the paradigm and you start to really re-envision what is happening and what could happen, you don't always come up with the same results as to what we have today. So really trying to look at it through fresh eyes, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Which isn't easy, particularly if you're... It is not And I would suggest that's why... When you look at some insurance organizations, the the people who maybe are heading up, um, you know, quote, areas of of innovation or transformation, um, you will see that oftentimes they don't necessarily come from the insurance industry. Right. Right. These people are, are really brought in to actually be that fresh eyes to accelerate because I think, you know, as all of us, we're, we're, you know, creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. Change is very difficult, mm-hmm. and and honestly, if you've been doing something for a number of years, it's sort of when you when you tell someone to change, you, I, I don't even know what to do. What is it you're asking me to do differently? And so sometimes you really need those fresh eyes um, to help you. And, and you know that's sometimes uh, some of the roles we help support some of these uh, groups that start up. Um, to help them reimagine. We, we do some work, um, some scenario planning, uh, where we'll take an insurer, an area, a discipline area, let's say claims, and we re-envision, let's say claims, in 10 years. For your business, what does, what does this look like in 10 years? And, we, you know, obviously we're feeding it with what we see some of the trends are, of course. some directional insight, what, what will their customers be like, what will that environment be like, you know, it, it, just re-envisioning what's happening out there and then say, wow, based on all those scenarios, how do I know when I'm going to be at a point where I have to start thinking differently? And, and taking this lens starts to help you better prepare for the changes you want in 2020. Because you have to really ask, are the priorities and the projects you're working on in 2020 serving you for yesterday's right. world or are they preparing you for tomorrow's space? Which, which for, for companies like ours, which, you know, we're a frontline claim uh, vendor for the industry. I mean, we're, we're busy dealing it out today. I, I mm-hmm. mean, that... 
it takes a tremendous amount of time, energy, and focus to do a good job just in today's world, let alone, mm -hmm. um, you know, finding the, t the space and time to think about, you know, 2025, if you will. Right, um, right. How do I take that time out to, to really pause and think about what that is and then challenge what you do? That takes a lot. That's why I think transformation is hard. It's hard because you have to reinvent right. yourselves. And, and when, so we see, you know, I know our topic here is a bit on insure tech, but we say, oh, why, why can they move so fast? Well, they're not in, in, you know, inhibited by the paradigms of our thinking. They don't think like we think, or they're, they're staffed with people who maybe have been down this road before and knew they had to make a change. But, you know, when you want to take a large organization that has been de designed around compliance, um, you know, has really been designed to be very sequential and, you know, support supporting structures and IT that is all there to, to really enable that very sequential process. Our data we use tends to be very structured, you know, so we're, we're into that particular kind of, of data. Our communication for outbound and claims is very serial. It's like on the phone or it's emails and it's letters. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, it's not been designed. If you step back and we start looking at it going, oh my gosh, at the, at, at the end of the day, claims is about people and process. Right. And so how do we stop? I, I, there was um, uh, at the InsureTech Connect conference uh, back in October, I was on this panel and uh, this gentleman actually, I believe he was from Grange, made this statement. I love the statement. I use it almost every day to remind me, he says, we are looking to drive the robot out of the people. Because what we've done for the past 20 years is drive the robot into the people. Right, into the people. You will follow these processes. You will do this right. work. These are the manual yeah. tasks we have to do. You just yeah. do the job. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I, I, I saw that in, in um, some of your information that we were studying ahead of time that quote mm -hmm. and uh i i think that kind of hits the nail on the head mm -hmm. you know i i, I want to go back to uh what you were just saying about how companies have to change their thought process their mindset their lenses uh, and really be able to focus on uh, things that they're not associated with future tasks perhaps uh change their whole way of thinking my question to you is uh, if we have an insurance company who's listening to us right now and they're interested in starting down this innovation world, can a company truly change their mindset and spin their philosophies on their head and start going down this world of innovation? Or do they have to change internally? Do they have to bring new people in? I guess what I'm asking, can people really change the way that they think? You know, I really do believe that they can change. And I think what what, it, what we've seen as being successful, I mean, there's obviously large wholesale changes that we see sometimes happen. But I will say if there's, there's one thing we have learned in the past 10 years um, with like even the insured tech movement is be able to start small, fail fast, 
and truly learn from our experiences. And rather than seeing things as failure, can we have small incubations? And so an example I have is I know a very large care one company who um, said, wow, we've got to start really improving this claims experience. We, we need to make it better for our people at a minimum, and we're going to drive out some change. And they took, you know, and I know we'll talk about AI, but they took this one little bot experience. They automated this one type of activity, inbound claim monitoring. And then it would move the data to the system. That's all it did. It took a, a first notice of loss type of experience and it took the information and put it in the system. That's all it did. Yeah. But you're not big wholesale change, but hey, we were using some new technology. We used to have people we deployed for this type of activity. And what happened was after a couple of weeks, they noticed that at two o'clock in the afternoon, they hadn't gotten any claims. And they said, this is wrong. What happened? And the bot had gone down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and they hadn't assigned sure. someone to watch the bot. But a bot my for point the bot. of bringing it up is, a bot for the bot, yeah. right, is that we feel that people will be resistant to change. So like these changes have to be big. I'm suggesting this change was small, but all the employees in multiple offices saw the value it brought. They said, oh, thank God, we don't have to do that stupid work anymore. Right. And they created in one week 200 tasks that they could source to a bot that they previously did. So if you say under the banner of transformation, was that starting to be transformation? I'd say sure. yes. You're getting employee yeah. buy-in and you're changing it. And it's not like this huge program because I think your senior management has to be supportive of the programs. But I truly believe in the small incubations and change will nudge us to the direction we need to be, at least for internal yeah. change. I think, I think the re-envisioning of insurance, the re-envisioning of the customer experience that takes a different lens. It's critical. And I think that's, you know, obviously why we're probably even talking somewhat about claims at this point, because some right. insurance companies have really now taken that to task. Um, and I think claims, quite frankly, I mean, I've covered claims for years. Uh, claims has come out of that sleepy time. And it is the major focus, clearly, of how we transform customer experience. Well, and I'm, you know, I actually am currently reading a book called The Lean Startup, and it's how to really run these new programs within a current organization. And you really hit it on the head, right? A lot of times we look at innovation and change and we think we have to get it perfect. We have to have it fully uh, developed before we roll it out. Uh, and that's the only way that, that we will get true success. But what we're finding is exactly what you're saying is start small be prepared to fail and then learn from those failures. Uh, and that's where we're, we are going to see great success. If we get the feedback from the customer who in, who in your scenario is the, is the actual employee, whenever they tell us what's working and what's not, you can quickly uh, change what you're doing and really make a big impact. And uh, I think, you know, I, I agree 100% with you. And I think that's what organizations really have to do. They have to be able to find the problem and not overthink it. I mean, isn't that right? Don't 
I mean, I think that a lot of times we overthink this whole world of innovation and solutions and think we have to make this big, grand, uh, you know, 180 degree turn where maybe that's not the case. You know, I could not agree with you more. We, we, we almost look at it to see how we could layer more and more process and, and weigh down the change. Rather than, can we just incubate a change? Can, and, and so with insurtechs, I saw a lot of incubation. And sometimes you saw, you know, we have extremes in everything. I saw wild ideas like, oh my God, why are you talking to the insurance industry about <laughs> some, some part you're going to put in the middle of an engine or something of a car um, to, wow, that was so simple. I can't believe we didn't think to do that before. Um and so I think we've really come through uh, a maturity and, and an acceptance that, hey, there was, there was real value um, to what many of these companies were doing. So we've started to see, you know, what I'll call, you know, the, the winners in the market, a real application of it. But I think insurers also saw that they could change and adjust. And, and again, to me, this becomes more the enabling of an ecosystem than just one group or another. It's not the insurer techs versus the insurers. It's it's truly how we all all can benefit um, from the changes going on. But you know, on that, I I heard some company, um, you know, in their innovation program, they spent like a million dollars on trying this one thing. And I looked and I go, you spent what? A million dollars? I go. Couldn't you have spent like a thousand bucks to know like that was not going to give you what you want? Like I go, you, you just that you made it too big. You made it too hairy. You made it expectations probably were never going to be right. met. Um, and, and, and you need to stop yourselves if you're trying to head down that because right. <laughs> you now know that will not breathe. But to your point is we expect perfection, we make it big, we layer it in process, we know how sure, to do more, that really Sure, more well. simple transformation um, than, yes. um, you know, necessarily swinging for the fences. I want, before we d discuss InsureTech in particular, I want to uh, touch on one more thing, kind of on, that, that, that we're seeing on the carrier side, and I'm sure you are, and that's the innovation department or the innovation area or the innovation people at at carriers um can you talk about that for a minute i mean the the role that that they're that you see them play now and the role that that they'll be playing going into the future and and, and how effectively that's working in your view yeah i mean we we just had nationwide speak at our summit last week and, and just what an amazing story um, they had, they had so many initiatives underway and, you know, these innovation groups have really morphed, um, you know, where they were five or six years ago, it was more, how do we try some of this newer right. technology and, and what it can do. So the big experiment, um, but insurers have really, you know, if I look at a, uh, nationwide, they, I mean, they just rolled out their new, a new digital brand Spire. Um, we have Liberty Mutual, um, you know, who has an entire innovation lab, uh, all state, one of the first ones I, when I went to, you know, listen to a conference many years ago, they were the first ones I ever heard about, um, having an innovation lab, a place you go 
And then we all learned. We all learned we didn't have to go to just a place. Um, and so I think what these companies have really started to be able to do that's different is they've taken some of the innovative ideas and we've now started to operationalize it. I mean, Liberty Mutual, um, they inject innovation into a number mm -hmm. of their projects um, so that it's not just done on the side. And I think that was something we learned is that having innovation teams are, are great. We get a lot of new learnings from them, but they're not necessarily integrated with our operation. And so how do we get the best of both of this? How do we get innovation, but we get it within our organization? We incubate that, which we need to outside of the main body of the organization, but we've got to be able to integrate it because without the integration, yeah, it's, it's like you know, so it's like out. getting a cool toy at Christmas, which is just around the corner from our recording today. Uh, <laughs> that you can't, <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that looks really cool, but you don't know how to use. I mean, that, and, and I agree with you. I think that innovation departments are critical in the future, um, as far as mm -hmm. the ones that can create implementation and change in the organization. We had a really interesting interview with the innovation officer at Grange Insurance, which of course is a smaller insurer. Um, mm -hmm. But that that's a lot of what he talked about, about how, how they effectively implement into the organization effectively that change happens, not just that they discover something that's wonderful, um, or that's really cool. I mean, like we were talking offline before we started today, we were talking about, we mentioned AI. And I mean, we all know AI is important for the future, but only if you can use it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I would argue that a implementation department is equally as important as the innovation department. In fact, we work with a carrier now who really has both. They have the, in, uh, the innovation department, and then they have a whole uh, product team who is in charge of implementing it, testing it, and really putting it out to market. Uh, and they have to be connected, right? They have to be able to um, to really understand each other's philosophies and theories and be able to, to test them. Uh, it, it's very, yeah, very I, I, important. You know, we, we, in our research, we've looked at how companies are set up for innovation. Um, if they run innovation groups, do they have it integrated with the business? And you know, I, I have to sure. say we've seen so many different models um, in the market and each being successful. You know, one carrier I see, um, they started the innovation really just from the claims area. And they they had some really great successes. Uh, what was the biggest challenge? Trying to drive that across the enterprise, trying to get underwriting to see the same value and success that maybe they saw in claims. I mean, but that was the way that company approached it. Others are more, let's keep it separate from the body. We'll figure out how to, how to integrate it. Others are, all right, we need new product and we need new approaches to the market. We need to do that in a different area. Um, ultimately, I agree. It all has to somehow come together. But if you make it so big to start with, you'll never get the learnings because you, you'll weigh it down. So it's how do we have the balance of pre-thinking, pre-learning? Um, because I think nowadays, uh, more than ever before, and I, I know, I swear, if, you, if I was on your podcast again next year, I'd be saying the same thing. Oh my God, it's things not changing quickly. 
like the speed, the pace is incredible compared to 10 years ago. And it's not, it is not slowing down. It's not like insurance is generating this change. The world is changing. The digital world all around us changes. Is that what it is? That's that's a great point. And I, I, I was going to I was going to change subjects here, but but you're on a great point. Is it going fast in the PNC world, and is it is it just because the world is going fast? Because we find, and I'm sure you do, as somebody as a veteran of this industry who's been around it a long time, the pace of what we see today in change versus historically is is crazy. It's moving so fast things are happening quickly what what how do, how do you explain that yeah i think i think we often all will look at this just from our own personal life and experiences uh, clearly outside of our industry roles uh, oh my gosh right what my car can do now compared to what my car did i mean i bought a car in 2014 it was the 2015 model bought another car this year uh, uh, this car stops when it feels like it needs to stop. It keeps me in a lane. It gives me warnings. It, it drives virtually itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. compared to the car five years ago. So right. do I lease cars now? I lease them more. And people ask me why I go, because in three years, this car is going to like do 10 times more than it does today. Mm-hmm. And so when I take that, you know, with what's changing. Here's another change. Another change. If we look commercial lines, because we speak a lot about personal lines, commercial. If I go to a construction site, uh, like I just had some bridges being built near my house recently. The people are not laying the rebar anymore. We have robots that lay rebar. We have technology that does that. Uh, if I'm on a construction site, I'm going to see autonomous, I'm going to see robotic bricklaying. I'm not going to see people laying bricks. And so when you start thinking about the world changes, when we start thinking about how computing changes, the idea of cloud is ubiquitous now. We almost assume everything is in the cloud. It's not even a question compared to five years ago. Um, when When we're sold... Uh, the idea that we have all these virtual assistants. I, I have my banking virtual assistant that is now giving me my budget numbers and what my run rate is. I had Excel spreadsheets I used to have to use to create this information. I mean, the AI is in- ubiquitous. It's installed in absolutely every experience that we have today, personally. And so to me, it's more the world has accelerated its adoptions of technology, insurance is along for the ride. Along and for the ride. If we're, if we're all here, both from commercial businesses and personal experiences, and we are having these experiences, these all push their way into the insurance paradigm. They change what we insure. They change um, the exposures we insure. You know, if I'm bricklaying and I don't have people doing it, you know what? My work comp exposure is going down. I don't have as many people on right. site anymore. Right. I'm going to call the manufacturer. Hey, your bricklayer isn't working anymore. And I'm really talking about product mm-hmm. liability and the function of the tool, not a person. And, you know, as, as AI is now more ubiquitous with everything we're doing, we're sort of expecting. Honestly, if I call an insurance company, I expect they have technology that knows my phone number and knows it's me. 
Right. Why right. are you asking right. me 20 questions? Do you not do you not have the information available to yourself right away? Mm-hmm. You just expect that. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that all the all that all the new technology that is in the world is coming to insurance and we get to take advantage of it. Right. Right. It may be kicking and screaming, but nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say we quietly went along and easily adapted to it, but <laughs> Right. Let let's talk let's talk about InsureTech specifically. Um you have a tremendous reach into InsureTech and and are in a great, wonderful perch that you get to play in the InsureTech toy store all the time. For something that mm-hmm. I don't know, four years ago, five years ago wasn't even a word. It's now pervasive and everywhere in, on the insurance landscape. Talk for a few minutes about what you think about insure tech. Where's insure tech going? Just just your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think insure tech has now really created itself as being you know, the, the, the incubation of the new idea of the money coming to insurance. I mean, there is such incredible capital that comes to insurance now. Um, sort of like the FinTech movement, we certainly have the InsureTech movement. Um, and, uh, you know, whether it's been as an MGA, whether it's as a technology, whether it's as an insurer, um, they have had transformational impacts on our industry. I think we were all, when they were first coming out, we were somewhat hesitant to what their impact really could be. Uh, you know, and, and so it was a lot about a conversation about IoT or some other devices and things like that. Um, but nowadays, uh, we've, we've reached now um, a real maturity and, and, and impact that these companies are having, for example, on customer experience. Um, you know, they've rethought how experience should work. You know, if I look at a company like a, hey, an example, like a High Marley, um, you know, just if you think about the bot and you think about the first notice of loss process and you think about AI, it's very natural that when you report an accident, hey, it's great. Yeah, I'm going to text now with my claim number and who my adjuster is. And you know, the bot asks, hey, by the way, do you have any pictures you want to send in? Oh, yeah, I got them right on my phone right. because my phone isn't really a phone anymore. It's this digital device with me everywhere. I can take a four-day process mm-hmm. to be within one hour. I mean, that's transformational. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my God, that was so simple. But, you know, it wasn't simple. Someone had to come up with this idea. We had to develop these technologies we had to make sure they fell into the compliance realm we have. But, you know, whether we're talking aerial imaging or we're talking chatbotting, I mean, there there is now, um, you know, a, a nice, we, we track over 1,500 insure techs. And I have to say, it is leveling is it? off. There's fewer new, the, the pace, rapid pace of startup mm-hmm. is not as significant as it was. Um, you know, newer ideas are coming, but they're sort of thought through in context to insurance. And definitely the, you know, we're talking fourth and fifth rounds of funding now. There are, are definitely companies that are really, I'm right. going to say, winners, winners. making it here. So let's talk about AI for a minute. And as a broad category within InsureTech, is that the hottest area that you guys are seeing? Um, you know, I think in the past year, 
it absolutely has become the hottest area. And and here's how I gauge that. You know, uh, in InsureTech, InsureTech Connect conference in uh, 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 Las Vegas this past September, and you walk into that hall, and I'm, I'm saying it broadly now because over 7,500 of my friends in insurance yeah, right. were all at the InsureTech conference. Right. And you walk into the hall, you would be hard-pressed to go to any exhibitor that was not talking about AI. Right. They might be talking about conversation platforms, but they're also talking about AI, you know, whether it's robotic process automation, natural language processing, um, whether it's machine learning. Fundamentally, when I look at the landscape, all we're talking about AI. If I look at Cape Analytics, right, and we're talking about uh, aerial imaging, they're using AI. So mm-hmm. I started to look at what's that common denominator. I mean, some were, I'll call widgety. Yeah, IoT, um, maybe not as much AI-centric. You know, a sensor is a sensor. Right. Not, it might use AI how to communicate out uh, the information, but it's tracking particular information. But over 90% have got to be centered on some form of AI at this point. Yeah, I, I would agree. AI is all the rage right now. I was thinking back to two years ago, uh, even whenever we started this podcast, it was all about blockchain. Mm. We talked every episode blockchain because that's what uh, ITC had a lot of blockchain. And I remember we asked about it. I feel as though AI is going to really be the subject of conversation into this next year because I feel like we're just just on the verge of, in fact, Rob, you had a stat the other day you were telling me about how it's one of the fastest growing jobs out there. Yeah, based on yeah LinkedIn I saw is, the number AI one specialist. in-demand Wasn't that job right? uh, going forward is AI specialist, whatever that is. Yeah, I think it's going to continue to be a hot topic, and that's really the biggest area of opportunity that I see, right? We're not really looking at how, how to rebuild a website on an iPhone anymore as we were 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that lasted a little while. And I think AI will as well. I agree. I, I thought I have read, you know, I think this is probably every, tr- it's probably true because of the time period Agreed. that those that are born today, by the time they get into the workforce, that those jobs aren't even defined yet. As a matter of fact, I thought I heard that last week that said uh, people graduating from high school now, the jobs they will get when they leave college don't exist right Agreed. now. Agreed. Wow. Agreed. I go, that's, wow, that is that's intense. four years. That's Agreed. four years. Like, oh my God, what are people going to be doing? Like, and yeah. that realization that the jobs are changing, the workforce has to change. The idea of doing the same thing you've done for a hundred years. I mean, if you've done that job, you might want to think about how you rethink your job because it's going to mm. change. So I, I agree. I think a, a data, we've, we've needed data scientists for a number of years. We've talked about that. We, we've talked about schools needing to produce more people educated in the field of data science. But I, I think we're now upping it to the new, I, I don't know. I, I'm sort of now an Avengers person. I, I didn't watch a lot of the shows, but you know, uh-huh. I've watched the last couple. And I go, no, that doesn't seem so far-fetched no. anymore. 
But isn't it funny? You know, things like that are reality. I want to get my screens. I just want Mm -hmm. to bring screens in and throw them out with my hands. And I'm I'm all ready for it. (laughs) I think it's so neat how movies uh, can dictate the the future, right? People's dreams can come out in this imagination world of a movie. And now we look at it and we have technology and resources where some of that stuff can come true. They can see something, spark an idea, and boom, stuff is created. Uh, is future so fast. At our summit last week, AM Best um, spoke, and they were speaking about 2050. But the opening was all about these clips. Yeah. And I love using the Jetsons as an example. And so they would have a Jetson clip. So they had the spaceship. And then they had the drone. They had the communication devices, and then they had the the wrist phone. I mean, it was amazing how they took what happened in the past and projected out maybe five, 10 years, how it would transform to be like the Jetsons. And I go, oh, I want to meet those creative people like from the 1960s. Yeah. yeah. The foresight yeah. to think that this was even, something possible i mean i can keep up with it once the idea is here but wow that 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 to me is far reaching yeah that's one of the cool things about the insure tech world is we get to hang out with some really really smart people Mm -hmm. and some futurists if you will in fact we had we had Mm -hmm. mark breeding on and he called himself a futurist so um Mark, Mark does uh, you know mark and i do um some work at times with the scenario planning and uh he, he goes there. I, I call him the future view, and then I'm the pragmatic person. So he will say, all right, here's 10 years. And then I say, all right, in three to five, here's what that's going to be. Well, it's, <laughs> so it's, it's, we, we work all well as a very a bridge to our thinking. Well, but I, it's kind of like gets back to what we were talking about earlier. It really does kind of take two, um, one person mm-hmm. to, to dream it and another person to use it. Um, right. Uh, and I, I think, you know, we have an example of that in, in many companies. So before we go today, I want to talk with you just real quickly about conferences. And you just had your, your guys's big summit, which is, which is a big deal in New York City. And, uh, of course, we're looking forward to getting our invitation for next year. But that's beside the point. That's not really why I brought <laughs> right, it up. Right. That has nothing to do with it. Right. But um, uh, t- how, how, was, how was your conference? You you. you you, there's a lot going on there, yeah? Oh, you know, I, I thought the the conference this year, every year we sit back and say, oh my God, how are we going to put this on? How are we going to get the right speakers? How do we up the game? And then it, the, it all comes together. Uh, this year we worked with the institutes and putting it on in New York City. It was a big change for us, Boston and New York. Uh-huh. We had over 32 speakers 16 different sessions. We started at 8.30. We finished promptly at 5 o'clock. So it was an absolute fire hose of fabulous speakers. I, I was like, it was amazing. We we always, we have an innovation or a transformation and action award program uh, that Mark headed up this year. Uh, we had uh, seven winners. These people came and spoke about what their transformation stories were, whether it be about uh, customer experience or internal transformation, etc. Um, nationwide, uh, you know, won the uh, enterprise-wide transformation. I mean, usually we're looking for a, you know, a company out there that's really 
changing the game, but there, what I loved, it was so collegial. We had the greatest number of insurers there sharing than we've ever had before. We have a vendor community that typically are our clients and sponsors that interact with that community. It's the power of the two together that is transformational. It's not just because of story X or Y. And so what I, uh, what was really great about it is the pace was that made you stay engaged. It jarred you. It was like a 10 minute session, right. a 20 minute well, session. Fabulous speakers. And, and it really raised everyone's awareness of what yeah, was I mean, happening. You, you didn't industry. mention all this happened in a day. This isn't a multi-day event, right? It it's one day. I, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> 30 some speakers in a day. That's a lot. Well, you have to make your, you have to, everyone has to claim their own um, you know, conference um, speed. And for us, it's how much information can we give so that you can take one or two uh -huh. things back to what you do every day and make the, it uh, You know, I, I just want to highlight one other thing. I know we're running a little over and I appreciate you sticking with us. Um, and that is what you said about sharing that as, and you've been in the industry a long time. I've been in the industry a long time. That that generally speaking, insurers have been very, very protective and quiet, and transparency hasn't been something that they're comfortable with. But boy, has that changed, or is that in the process of changing? Don't you see that 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 they're sharing and talking among each other, and 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 not being so 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 secretive. Oh, I totally agree. As a matter of fact, the next day we ran a, a workshop that was for insurers. Um, and it was like, what are your big ahas or what are your oh my goshes um, from the summit? And they were so collaborative. They were saying, I love that story. Tell me more about how did you do the, you know, the hackathon or how did you start thinking about incubating that one bot to make that change? What do you think is that? And they said, we want to keep this forum going. And I think that's because we have these outside in voices. Um, you know, it's this blending of people who don't look at everything the same way. And there's an energy about that uh, and a hunger to want to do it differently. And I think that has really started to, because I think everyone feels they're in the same boat. We know we have to make a yeah, lot of yeah, change. Yeah. How do we we're, get it we're going? We're all kind of in the same, we're in this together. Last question, and that's on conferences. I know that you travel yeah. extensively and, and you tend to a lot of conferences. Can you share with our audience some conferences that you really like? Yeah, you know, the conference scene has so shifted and changed over the years. I mean, uh, conferences get to their peak and then there's suddenly another conference that comes in behind it. Um, and so, you know, some of the conferences that I've been to or participated in over the past year um, that, and you know, I, I, to me are starting to really highlight and profile these new stories in the market and learning. So, um, you know, the uh, Digging Conference, in May is, uh, to me, a really great collaborative conference. ITC, the Insurance Tech Connect Conference, um, you know, that, that to me is a, a great exchange. Eye-opening, if you want to see what's really happening out there, it's a great place once and done. You can go and see, you know, a lot of those, those stories. Um, you know, we just participated in the uh, Digital Insure 
um, uh, InsureFest um, uh, exchange. It, it's completely a virtual conference. A lot of people attend that. So, you know, from the comfort of your own home, mm-hmm. you can be attending a conference. And I think, you know, I'm uh, probably old school. Um, I think there's things we can do using these medians, um, you know, uh, video casting, conferencing virtually. Uh, there's something about the human connection, though, that I think is so important for networking and collaboration. And, you know, I think some of these conferences have been a, a great way mm-hmm. to keep mm-hmm. that collaboration going. <laughs> oh, and the SMA Summit, of course. Glad you glad you got that plug in. Um Listen, we have mm-hmm. been, uh, just so our audience knows, we have been trying to get, have Karen on for some time, and she's just so busy, and so we're so grateful that you made time. But you know what? We, we haven't even covered all the topics that I wanted to cover with you. I mean, I really wanted to talk about customer experience. Um, so you have to... We'll have to do it again. That's right. We'll have to... Let's look at 2021. I okay. think it, it takes about that long to get on your calendar, so... Um, but thank you so much. Thank you so much. We, we really enjoyed having you and would you come back and join us again sometime? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Sure. And stay warm out there. I will. Re-envisioning of insurance. What'd you think about that? I thought that was great. I, uh, I thought that was great. Uh, really, I enjoyed speaking with her. I, I thought it was just a, a great time to really think about where we've been as an industry, what was important, and then what's important now. But then to think forward and say, what is important now, and are we preparing for our futures? Because what's important right. in 10 years from now won't be the same. So how are we building the processes and building our workflows to actually adapt to the future needs? Yeah, I thought it was a great question that you asked her. And I never like to admit that you asked a great question, of course. I, we all know that. But the great question, you asked a great question about, you know, where were we 10 years ago? What were we talking about? And I think that's a great kind of marker, right, to show how 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 much things have changed in the last 10 years. And of course, most especially in the last five, wouldn't you agree? I would agree. But if you go back to 10 years, you think about how important and, and how how necessary that change was because you're talking iPhone and Blackberry, you're talking about a small computer in everyone's pocket. That's a huge change. Mm-hmm. Right now, everybody already has the technology in their hands. Now we're just trying to say, well, how can you use that technology that's been here for 10 years and make it better? So it's it's not like we're asking clients or, or insureds to actually hold on to more technology. We're asking them to be smarter in how they use it. Uh, it, it's just a whole nother set of problems, but it just shows you in 10 years, we'll be dealing with more problems that we look back now and think, oh, that's interesting. I, I loved what she, she said that insurance, the industry insurance, the, the, the product is along for the ride. Why are we seeing this pace of change happening, you know, quickening and going so quickly now and her her premise was all society, right? All the world is, is moving very fast. Technology is pulling everything, pushing everything forward so quickly that insurance is along for the ride. 
I mean, you can't disagree with that. You think about why we do everything in innovation, and it's always driven uh, by by the customer, the customer's needs and their wants. And so, insurance is a is a, a a cog in the wheel, I guess. Right? It's a it's a it's a piece of the pie that is going. But really, it's society that says, uh, customer, you need things faster, you need it cheaper, you need it better, and and we're going with what society says. And it's it, it's been set up by. Uh, the iPhone by by companies like Netflix and Amazon and uh, even you know local companies they're the ones who are, who have set this we are right. along for the ride right and we and many others have talked about how you know the 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 way that Amazon has changed where the bar is and I, and I know that we're recording this just before Christmas so many of us have been probably dealing with and buying from Amazon over the last month. Uh, in particular, and the bar, they just keep raising the bar higher and higher and higher. And so to be in any kind of enterprise and not be measured by them is impossible. You're going to be measured by that bar. And so you have to move your bar up. You are. I keep, I started looking at emails I received today and there are these uh, boutique companies, there are these uh, large companies, and you're getting such personalized advertisements uh, that you didn't get two years ago. You know, you might search something online, you open up an Instagram and boom, there's this beautiful ad for whatever it is you were just looking for uh, or a like kind product. It's just another example of how society is pushing us uh, to change the way we market. Therefore, insurance will have to adapt to the way that they market mm -hmm. their product. It's the same with our customer expectations. Everything is driven around the customer. We are eventually going to be used to beautiful ads that are specialized to us for us to make our decisions. It, it's, it's a fascinating turn in the world of, of uh, where we all live. Well, we thank Karen so much for being with us today. As we mentioned on the podcast, we kind of had to get in line and wait for her because she's a very, very busy person and in demand. And we are so grateful that she gave us some time to visit with us today. And we'll look forward to having her on again. And, this is not the last podcast that we'll record before Christmas, but it's not too early to say happy holiday, everybody. And uh, we appreciate the gift that you've given us this year. And that's the gift of listening to our podcast and coming along on this journey with us, which we're really grateful for, aren't we, Lee? I'm Am extremely right? grateful. Yes. I just wanted to be sure. Yeah. So with that said, we'll say what we always say at the end of every podcast. Goodbye, everybody.